0: This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We're going to take a little time. Wednesday night's a little bit different. Now, for those of you, have you watched online Wednesday night? We did, we did it differently, and, uh, but we're going to go back to the format. They asked me, they said, do you want to sit? And I'm like, no, no, not with, not with people. And I like to walk around, see the whites of your eyes. And, and uh, i just sitting, it's just Joe McGee can pull it off. I cannot. And so we thought we'd, uh, we'd kind of go back to our regular format. On Wednesday nights, take a little bit more time and uh, and kind of dig around a little bit, take a little more time with the scriptures. And so we start off, and let me start off with some stewardship. Now, we don't receive an offering, per se, on a Wednesday night. We have boxes in the back. I know many of you are giving online, so if you'd like to continue to do that, you're, you're welcome to do that. I thought what I would do for the next few weeks, just felt impressed, to talk about some of the things that Jesus said about giving. And let's see what he said. I believe his words, those are the words in the Bible that are in red. And so if you have one of those Bibles that that you know, it's the old-fashioned, this is leather and ink type Bible, if you've got one of those, then a lot of times you see the words in red. And so we're gonna go, go through, just take a look at here's a here's a good one today. It's in Matthew the sixth chapter. Let's take a look at this. Jesus is speaking, he says, take heed that you do not do your openly so jesus is talking about giving and when he talks about when you do when you give charitable deeds i think it's interesting they said when you do Uh, he didn't say if if you understand the kingdom of god it really is a very generous kingdom god is a giver and so the charitable deeds he said when you're doing charitable deeds now we think of charitable deeds we're not talking about necessarily washing your neighbor's car that's a charitable deed but actually, it's talking about, if you look it up, it, it, it's called giving alms. Giving alms was giving money to the poor. So he's referring to giving money to the poor. He said, now when you do it, he said, don't do it to be seen by men. So what he's talking about is that giving is not just about, it's not just about the money that we give. It's about how we do it. And so he says, don't just, don't just give to be seen by men. In other words, don't make a show out of this. This is not so everyone can see how awesome you are. If you're doing it so everyone can see how awesome you are, that's all the reward you get, is everyone going, wow, you're awesome. I don't know if I would rather have that, because Jesus said, but if you do it in secret, in other words, you're not telling everybody, you're not blowing a trumpet, you just do it secretly. It says your father who sees in secret will reward you. I don't know about you, I like the idea of God rewarding. God rewarding me is better than you telling me that I'm awesome. Although I appreciate when you tell me that I'm awesome, I don't hear that much. But I appreciate it. But I would much rather have God go. That was awesome, and I'm going to reward you openly. And it didn't say when it said reward you openly. That implies that the rewards are not just when we get to heaven. Many of you know that we could use some rewards down here. Y'all hear? Okay, maybe you don't want rewards down here. If you don't, give them to me. I would, I'll take all of them. And so the idea, though, that Jesus is saying is how you give, how you put your heart in your giving makes a difference. And so he's encouraging people to give, giving alms. Understand that during this time there was no welfare system. There was no government support. So often the poor, if, they, if, if the church didn't provide, if people didn't provide for them, they didn't have anything. And so giving alms to the poor meant you were really sometimes helping just someone sustain. You know, today, we still believe in giving to the poor. As a church, we give to the poor. As a church, we reach out. We We do it every, I probably would say every week, we're doing something to help someone in that area. Now, we don't blow a trumpet about it. We do tell you it because you're a part of that. But you know what? You don't have to wait for us. You can do something yourself and it will bless people. You know, sometimes you can just give someone money and it will bless them. I know this is a foreign concept, but bear with me just for a second. If, if, if you know someone that has a need, like, like maybe you're, you're, you're eating out, and, and you, you notice that the, the server is just going through a hard time. And so instead of leaving just a regular tip, you leave a really big tip. That'll bless them. And I'm gonna tell you something too. When you know you bless somebody, there's a, there's a reward in itself right there. When someone goes, oh, thank you. I, I can't tell you how much that blessed me. And so, you know, I, I would love to, to see us as a church. Just, I, I kind of grew up in that. When I was at Lakewood, it was, a, it was a very giving church. People were giving all the time. And I think, I think sometimes we've gotten away from it. And maybe because people have heard wrong things about prosperity, whatever, I don't know what it is. But generosity has always been God's plan. And giving has always been part of God's plan. Listen, his kingdom is a giving kingdom. It's a Think about it, for God so loved the world that he gave. That's the only reason we're here tonight, it's because God loved us and not because we were awesome, it's because he is awesome and he gave to us. And so we're his kids and we follow him and we give. So I like when Jesus said, when you give, not if. So that'd be a great thing to pray about. And you know, to talk, talk about being blessed, say Lord, Lead me to someone who I can bless. And it doesn't have to be huge. You can just put something, or maybe you can just slide something. I've given money anonymously. Love it. And then just laugh, thinking about, oh, they're going to get that. They're going to open it up. They're not going to know who it's from. That's big fun. Trust me. Um, we <laughs> Have you ever had anyone buy your meal at a restaurant, and then they won't tell you who it is? Drives you nuts. You're thinking, "Who is it?" You're looking around, going, "Who is it?" Oh, they're gone. You don't even get a chance to say thank. But doesn't it bless you? Blesses them too. So when you give, when you give, give cheerfully, and don't sound a trumpet. Don't tell everyone what you did. Okay, so Wednesday nights, how many of you have never been to a Wednesday night before? Never been, good, good to have you, good to have you. How many of you have been and you're like bracing yourself for oh, like what is he going to bring our way tonight? Okay, <laughs> all right, why don't we pray? We're gonna start a series that I think you're gonna, we might stay with it for a while, but you'd be surprised how little of the year we have left on Wednesday nights. So if you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be a 14-part series, I don't think it'll be that long. Close, but maybe not that long. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your goodness, and we ask you for your grace and anointing tonight. We thank you that your word is life to us. It brings light into our lives. We thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that he is the great teacher. Ask that tonight he would enlighten us, show us wonderful things out of your word. Father, may we leave here different than how we came in, stronger, better prepared, more equipped to bring honor and glory to you. And may you receive all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. I'm going to do a series. I want, I want to start a series called Guided by God. Guided by God. And I want, to, I want to answer that question, does God still guide Does he still guide us? But how many of you know that if, if God's guiding you, things are going to wind up better? How I many of you ever could say, hey, you know what? I can look at a point in my life where I know that I received God's guidance and it turned out really good. How I many of you also can say, I've, I've been a place in my life where I knew what God's guidance was and I went the other way and it turned out really, really bad. Okay, so I think we we'll agree on that. Guidance by God is good. Not being guided by God, not so good. So we're going to talk about that. And our text is... great scripture. It's a scripture that Joy uh, has the staff go over very frequently. Text is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You guys have that? Maybe not. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about what about God's guidance in our life? Does God still guide? Does he still speak? And that's really what you're saying. Does God, does God speak to people today or does he not? And there's a lot of schools of thought on that. And I'm, I'm just going to address some of, the, some of the thoughts when people say, well, well, the Lord led me to do that. Not everyone thinks that's really cool. I think it's a great idea, but not everyone does. And so different schools of thought. Let's talk about some of them. Here's one of the schools of thought. People say, well, they believe in an indifferent God. People say, well, God may have created, now they'll admit God may have created the world, but once he got it going, he completely stepped back. And so he's very indifferent. In other words, he left everything to us. So, and, and so when, when I bring up these schools of thought, I'll address them. Here, here's the problem I have with that. It maligns the very character of God as a loving father. The idea that he would be indifferent. He would create us and go to all the, all the well, it's not troubling him, but he would create us and then step back and stay indifferent it maligns what Jesus says about him because in Matthew, the 7th chapter, verse 11, Jesus says this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So what Jesus is saying is, that if you are a good father, and that's great, we're glad you're a good father, but guess what? God's a better father than you are. He had just gone through what a good father would do. And how many of you understand that a good father is not going to be indifferent towards his child? A good father is going to be involved. A good father is, is loving. A good father is not just, well, I gave birth to you, so I'm out. That, that's not You wouldn't call that a good father. In fact, you would call that a deadbeat father, and the law will come after you. You don't do that. And so a good father, loving, kind, giving. And so when someone says, well, God's just indifferent, he doesn't do it. Now, I think the people who adopt this school of thought are often lacking a couple of things. One, they lack a relationship with God. If you think God's indifferent, you don't have a relationship with him. There's no relationship there. He's indifferent. How can you have a relationship with him? Second thing is, you have no accountability to him. So this is very appealing to people who want to do their own thing. It's like, you know, God's just indifferent. So he doesn't get involved. I don't have to have any accountability before him. And that might be appealing until you need help. When you need help, you better hope he's not indifferent. I don't believe he is. I believe Jesus revealed him. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was not indifferent. He was involved. So we had an indifferent God. What about God's guidance today? Does God still speak today? Here's a second one. I've heard people say this. Maybe you've said it. Well, he gave us a brain. Which is a very profound statement. He gave us a brain. And I got that. There's nothing wrong with using our minds and using our brains to help us make decisions nothing wrong with with getting the facts I don't have any problem with that we do that but the challenge is it's still a very limited process because we don't know what the future holds we don't know unforeseen circumstances that come up we don't know about rapid changes that take place so for someone to say well God gave you a brain you don't need to talk to God you don't need God's guidance God gave you a brain just use your brain and Okay, but let me give you something that just happened just recently for us. Recently, uh, some of our tech staff, Chris and uh, Chris Allgood does a wonderful job with our tech team. He, he does a marvelous job. He came, that was probably his wife, and uh, <laughs> he, uh, he came to us, and he and Matt came to me, my son Matt, and with media they said, we need to upgrade our cameras, we haven't upgraded them in years so we need to upgrade so they, they put a proposal in front of me it was pretty it was a six-figure proposal and so when i see six-figure proposal and pray about it it's just i thought that'd be a good thing they had a good proposal they laid it out laid everything we could use an upgrade Have an upgrade our cameras how many of you do realize that we're going to be on camera for a while and you've realized that online is just a part of our future i know some people don't like it it's guys this is 2020 and moving into 2021, we need online. But you do realize it's expanded our reach and there's a lot of people that can't be here that are watching tonight. And that's a good thing. Or they're watching sometimes somewhere else. I actually had a friend, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a picture. I had a friend who called me, I haven't talked to him in years. And he called me, he said, I Googled you. He said, and then I binge watched you. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that good? And, but, but the interesting thing is, and the Lord was working on his heart. And so cameras are a part of our future. I'm looking at cameras, and, and, I, and so I said, let me pray about it. i got a good staff. They, they recognize when I look at them and go, I'm going to pray about it. They know what uh, I'm going to pray about it, especially when you bring big-ticket items to me. I mean, it was good to, to pray about big-ticket items. I said, sometimes it's good to pray about small ticket items so you don't have to buy them over and over and over again. So anyway, I, I, I could not get peace on it. And we'll talk about this in this How God Guides, but I couldn't get a peace on it. Prayed about it, just couldn't get a release on it, couldn't get a release on it. I kept delaying them. Chris kept going, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I, I, I'm just not there. About two weeks after they gave me a proposal, they came back to me. They said, guess what? company just came out with brand new equipment that's upgraded over the cameras that we were going to get and they're less expensive Let me know it's good to pray I'm like I like that better and and less expensive still hadn't pulled the trigger on it yet I keep waiting for them to get better and less expensive (laughs) but the idea was how many of you know that the Holy Spirit knows what's coming and we don't. And so when we ask him, we can get answers, that's great. Ever bought a bad car? Ooh, a, a, a lemon? Ever had that, that sinking feeling in your gut before you bought it? like, ah, oh, no, something, something is not right. I'm buying this car and it's not right. You say, oh, God doesn't care about cars. Thank God my father does. And And so, The idea that we can just make all the decisions with our brain is limiting. Yes, we need to look at facts. Yes, we need to look at pros and cons. We weigh things out, but it's also good to be guided by God. Sometimes just having a check worked out wonderfully, wonderfully well. So use your brain, but don't stop there. Here's one I've heard that more of a legalistic perspective. He gave us his word that's all we need. He stopped speaking. He gave us his word. People say, now we have the Bible. He was talking about the Bible. Now we have the Bible. We have a completed Bible. We're not adding anything to it. We don't need to add anything to it. God gave us his word, and that's it. Okay? I, I'm a big, you know me, I'm a big proponent on this. This is the foundation of our, of our life with him. Without this, we don't have growth. Without this, this is important. But if we say this is it, there's nothing else that can be said. We take away from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he was given to us to help us. I would have said in John, Jesus is talking again. This is what he said, John 16. He said, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You catch that? He'll guide you into all truth. He'll tell you things to come. See the idea that the Holy Spirit has a ministry. Now, here's here's one of the challenges. A lot of the church world doesn't really acknowledge him. He's kind of like I like what Robert Morris from Gateway says. The Holy Spirit to many people is like the crazy uncle in the family of God that they don't quite get, and so they stay away from. And yet he has a wonderful ministry, and it's a ministry that can help us and guide us. The Holy Spirit is the reason we have this church. He's the one that led me to come here. I looked other places. Trust me, I looked all over. One of them was Switzerland. Switzerland is different from Conroe but he led me here and I'm so glad he did. But the idea is the Holy Spirit has a ministry, but here's the beautiful thing about him. Someone said, he's a gentleman. He's not gonna force himself on you. And so we don't acknowledge and then we'll go back I haven't forgotten our text. Next week, I'm gonna launch into that. I'm gonna break down that, that verse in Proverbs. I'm gonna show you there's some real good stuff there. But the idea is we acknowledge his ministry When we acknowledge his his ministry, then we get help. If we don't acknowledge him, we don't get help. Ever had someone you were trying to help and they ignored you? A number of years ago, we had a conference that we opened our church up to and another group, they weren't weren't from us. They were in the area. They came in. And you could tell that they they were glad to use our facility, but they didn't like us that much. I mean, every time we would come around, they would just kind of stiffen up. And... uh, there's this one lady, Philip Moore and I were standing out in what is now Volunteer Central, by that time it was open. We were standing out there and a lady came walking past us and she was walking for, and she's heading for this door. Well, Philip and I knew what the door was. It's the closet. And we're like, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. And, and you could tell she just on purpose ignored us. Open that door, walked straight in that closet, so we just waited for her to come out because we knew she wasn't going to go. And she, she came out, we just kind of waved at her. And said, she ignored us again. And so, uh, if you ignore you don't get help. And even though we could have helped her, we could have spared her the embarrassment of walking in the closet and stumbling around for a while. But you have to pay attention. And so the idea that God doesn't speak anymore, If you buy into that, then you're limiting the Holy Spirit's ability to even help you. So that's something that we need to take. Now, this vein of thought also, if you just say God gave us his word, he doesn't speak anymore. It it eliminates all the specifics of life that the Bible does not address. And there's some key decisions that we have to make. And you think, well... You know, making a camera is not a key decision. Well, it is to us. Choosing the right car is not a key decision. It Can be if it goes wrong on you. But how about who to marry? <laughs> Just look straight ahead and go, hey man, i glad I got that one right. LA, hey, hey how, about, how about what major to take in school? How about whether or not to take that job offer in Dallas? How about um, what church to go to? You just go to the one closest by. Are you sure? Because guess what? I don't believe our Heavenly Father, who is very precise and very detailed, is a, is a whatever God. A whatever. Who do I marry, Lord? Oh, whoever. Where do I go to church, Lord? Wherever you want to go. Somewhere close. I believe Jesus is a better shepherd than that. And he can lead us to the places we need to be. Many of you were led here. So back churches, you probably passed churches on the way to here. Nothing wrong there. You just felt like this is where you needed to be. Good. I remember I, I was living in Clear Lake City. And as soon as I walked in Lakewood Church, this is in old Lakewood, back when they were on, I think, Wayside Drive. I in an interesting part of town, especially at night. And we, but as soon as I walked in, it was like, I think it was like 30, 40 miles from Clear Lake. So, and, and, and there are good churches down there. As soon as I walked in Lakewood, I went, home. I'm home. Like that's how I tell people to say, how do I know what church to go to? I said, which one feels like home? Which one do you walk in and you go, I feel comfortable. I feel like home. Even with a mask, you can feel like home. So the idea that there are specifics in life, and the Holy Spirit is sent to help us. You know, I was going to marry a girl, and uh, man, I'm very grateful for a praying mother, who I'm convinced prayed her out of my life. (laughs) And if you parents understand... I think Joy and I have prayed a few people <laughs> out of our life. Nothing wrong with them. We didn't curse them or kill them. We just, like, Lord, remove them from our, from our family. Why? Because I don't even know who your kids marry. It's either going to be a blessing or it's going to be a problem. Would have thought I'd gotten more than one amen on that. But truly, there are specifics in life. And we want to be able to, to know that, hey, this doesn't say Mary Joy Clayton or Joy Salameda. It did say you shall go out with joy. The Bible verse, folks. It's a joke, people. It's a... <laughs> Come on now, guys. I'm pitching them, y'all ain't catching them. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Does God speak today. Does he guide today? I've heard people say this. I don't want to bother God with the little details of my life. I've heard people say, God is too busy running the universe for me to talk to him about the little details of my life. Um, That could be an excuse for not wanting his input or not taking the time to seek him. But, Here's the, here's the news. God's already involved in the details of our lives. Look at what Jesus said Matthew 10. Are not two sparrows so for a cent, yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's a detail. That's a seemingly insignificant detail. But God knows. So if he knows that, and he has that type of all-encompassing. He's talking about two sparrows, which are two little birds. He said they're just, they're, they were sold as a, as a sacrifice. They're cheap. They're sold. He said, and not one of them falls without your heavenly Father knowing about it. Listen, we have sold God short if we don't think that he is involved with all things. He knows all things. Nothing's going to surprise him. And if the very hairs of our head are numbered, then it's not going to be a problem for us to talk to him about other details in our life. And so the idea that he doesn't want to know any of the details, I can't bother him. I don't believe we can bother the one who created the universe. We're not going to bother him. He's not up there going, "Ah, I got problems. I got problems right now in Africa and the Middle East is blowing up. And I got things going on in China. I can't can't help you find another car. I, I think we sold him short. He is bigger than that. I was at Lakewood one one day when the lady gave a, uh, she said it was a prophecy. I got a kick out of it. She said, my children, my children, if you haven't heard from me lately, I've been very busy in Israel. (laughs) Don't add thus saith the Lord to that. (laughs) That's thus saith you. He's interested in the details of our life. the idea that we have a God that cares enough that we can take things to him is a blessing. Here's the next one if God wants to speak to me he will and I'll know it if God wants to speak to me he will and I'll know it. Now the challenge is that places all the responsibility on God none on us so the Bible said, ask and you will seek and you will find knock and you will it'll be open to you right and so there's a responsibility on us to ask on us to seek on us to knock jesus presented a very different perspective when he ta- when he talked about god speaking when he was speaking on earth in matthew 11:15, 15 he said this and he said this uh, it's recorded about eight different times he who has ears to hear let him hear and so Jesus was talking, and even when Jesus was talking on earth, he was saying, you've you, you got to have ears to hear it. One time God spoke, and Jesus was standing there, and some people said, oh, an angel spoke to him. Other people said, it thundered. So even when God spoke, you still have to have ears to hear it, which talks about our heart and our willingness to be open to hear what God has to say. So the idea that people say, well, if God wants to speak to me, then he will will speak to me. That's almost arrogant because it's our responsibility. It's not God's responsibility to speak to us. It's our responsibility to seek him and draw close to him. He said, if you'll draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. And so the idea is the responsibility. Listen, he's already moved. He's already sent Jesus. He's already paid the price. He's already given us the Holy Spirit. Now he says, if you need help, you come to me. And so our objective is we don't keep waiting for God to do something. We come his way. Well, God just wanted to do something. He'd do it. Listen, if we said that, no one would be saved. He already said Jesus, he's already paid the price. How many of you know, if someone walked in tonight and said, man, I'd like to be saved, and we'll go, well, why don't you just sit there for a little bit, and if God wants to save you, he will. We'd look at, you'd look at me and go, Alan, what are you doing? Why, why, are, you, why are you telling that guy that? You don't, you don't tell him that. Well, no, if God wants to save him, he's going to save him. No, that's not the case. The case is, God's already provided everything that you need to be saved. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is say, Lord, thank you that you have helped me. Thank you that you have paid the price for me. I received Jesus as my Lord. I heard people say, well, God saved so-and-so the other night. No, God saved so-and-so when Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead. It's when so-and-so received it that they got the answers in their life. You want answers. You can't just keep waiting for God to do something. You go to him and say, Father, (laughs) I got a lot of questions. And you've got all the answers. I thank you that you will help me. Here's the last one. And this one's key. Don't miss this one. I believe God still guides and speaks today, but I just can't hear from him. Now this is, you know, depending on how you grew up, this is where a lot of the people I I know and and grew up with in the faith came from. And I was like, well, I know God speaks and I just can't hear from God. Many of us have said that. I've said that challenge with that is that we're hurting ourselves with our own words and we're limiting ourselves I like this in Psalms 85 85.8 8 says I will hear what God the Lord will speak for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints but let them not turn back to folly we hurt ourselves when we constantly say things like I don't, I, you know, I, God may speak, but he, he doesn't speak to me. Well, I just can't hear. God doesn't want to. It almost implies that you're the child that God doesn't want to talk to. And you don't want to do that. You want to say, you know what? I hear from God. What's happened is we've trained ourselves to live out of our experiences and out of our feelings. And we have to retrain ourselves to do what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So maybe you're out there thinking, you know, Alan, I'm, I'm glad you're going to talk about this because if I've ever heard from God, I don't know it. He's been speaking. Maybe it would help. if Instead of saying, I never hear from God, if you begin to say, Lord, I'm your sheep. I know your voice. The voice of a stranger I won't follow. I will hear what the Lord speaks. Now listen, when you start saying stuff like that, it will sound strange coming out of your mouth. Because we've said so much of our feelings and our experience. But when we begin to say, Lord, this is what your word says. and I'm asking you to elevate my experience to match the word. I'm not gonna pull you down to my experience. Does that make sense? Say, Lord, here's what your word says. I want my experience to come up to that, as opposed to saying, well, I haven't heard from God, so I'm pulling him down to the level of my experience. hope that makes sense. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this next week. Would you bow your heads with me? If You're here, or you're watching online, and you said, you know what, Alan, I appreciate all this, but I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I don't know if I have, if I'm what you call saved. I don't know that. Or maybe you're like I was. I was raised in church, made a decision as a young man. But I got away from God. And uh, I, I, was just, I was completely out of fellowship. And so if that's you and you say, you know what, I, I don't wanna stay there. I, I wanna have a relationship with God. I believe he's a good father. I, I, I believe that he can make such a difference in my life. If that's you, then we're gonna say a prayer. And if you're here, we're gonna, we're gonna say this prayer out loud. If you're watching online, listen, if you're by yourself, pray this prayer out loud with us. If you're, if you're around others, pray it quietly. But this is a prayer that God will hear. And this is a prayer that can absolutely change your life. So let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you with heads still bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer with us and maybe it's for the first time or, or you know that you came back to the Lord, I just want to encourage you after this is over, there's a, there's a card beneath your seat. Um, fill it out. Drop it in. Let's pray for you. If you're online, you can either text us at 313131. You can, you can press one of those buttons. You can contact us. You can let us know. We want to be able to pray for you. We value the decision that you just made. We know it can be Such a huge, huge difference in your life. So before you leave, let me bless you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you. We are praying for you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching. Good night. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.